This is the Better Reading Podcast platform with stories behind the story, Jane's Be Better Podcast, my book chat with Caroline Overington and more. Looking for a particular podcast? Remember, you can always skip to it. Welcome to the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story, brought to you by Belinda Audio. Listen to Belinda Audiobooks, anywhere, everywhere. Hi, this is Cheryl Arkell for the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story. We talk to authors about how they came to tell us their story. Pip Drysdale, welcome to Better Reading. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really pleased. I think we didn't we missed you in the first round uh, when you released your first book. No, so no, no. I came. Oh, I came you in came. here. Yeah, I did a um, Facebook Live. Ah, uh, right. We didn't record a podcast. It was super there fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're really glad to have you back. Thank um, you. Pip has been a writer. Um, she writes songs, poems, novels. She's been a writer since she knew how to write. She tries to live life to the fullest, her philosophy being throw yourself into the fire and then write about it. <laughs> Pip has lived in Africa. Was that where you were born? Yes, I was born in Cape Town. In Cape Town, Australia, America and England, studying, working and travelling. She was an, in an off-off Broadway theatre play, starred in indie films, wrote four records, all before deciding to turn her attention to writing books. I mean, if you look at that um, body of work, it's all storytelling, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her debut novel, The Sunday Girl, um, which has been a great success, came out in September 2018 and quickly became a bestseller. It was released in the UK in 2019 and is set for a release in the US in 20. It was voted um, onto the Better Readings Top 100. Pip's second book, The Strangers We Know, is coming out in December. Well, is it out now? Um, it's in some bookshops now. It's only yes. officially out on the 1st of December, but... Um, some of the bookshops are really good at um, unpacking their boxes really quickly, so yeah. it is in quite a lot of bookshops. Okay. So um, it's in stores now. Uh, it's a psychological thriller based in London where Charlie sees her husband on a dating app. Oh. What know. follows is a story where nothing is as it seems and nobody is who Charlie thinks they are. Wow, what a career. I mean, you have... Um, in terms of writing, you've moved up that ladder fairly quickly. Um, what I want to do firstly is just talk about your life because sure. it has been a storyteller's career life. in a way, yeah, yeah. and life. Um, so tell me about where you were born and where you grew up and how you came to travel. Um, okay, well, I was born in Cape Town. Yeah. And when I was seven, we moved to Melbourne. Um, Why? Uh, well, I think my parents were quite uncomfortable with apartheid. Yeah. And so um, we left and we came to Australia. And um, do I you was, remember that? Do you remember the feeling? Very Tell me much. about that. Um, I remember thinking that there would be koala bears on every tree and yeah. there would be kangaroos hopping around the backyard and I was yeah. very disappointed when they weren't. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was a huge move. I mean, I left everything I knew for yeah. something completely different and I do remember being super excited and quite confused like when I first got here. But I really think it's one of those things that, like most things in life, the harder the thing is, the more it shapes you and the better it is for you long term. And so you know? do you think at seven that that is 
because, uh, I mean, I, I wonder how traumatic it is at a small age to move away from your friends. Have you formed great friendships at that yeah, age? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it was very difficult. And then yeah. I moved again when I was 14 because um, we moved That's to Zimbabwe difficult. that time because yeah. my dad's from Zimbabwe and he really missed his family. Um, and that was an incredibly difficult time. Yeah, they're, they're formative. I mean, teenage years are formative. So tell me about your time in Melbourne. Um, okay, well, I went to school there. I was very happy there. I made some super good friends. Um, I loved being in Melbourne. You know, yeah. I'm still friends with some of the girls that I was friends with between 7 and 14. Like they're probably, um, one specifically is one of my best friends. Yeah. So. so tell me the conversation your father had with you at 14 that you were leaving because I think that's hard. At 14, let me think. Um, I can't really remember. I'm trying to think how they put it. I do remember I found it very difficult to tell my friends. Yeah. Like um, I'm sure my parents found it difficult to tell me, yeah. but I found it really difficult to tell my friends. Because at 14 your friends are probably more important than your parents, Oh, totally. Your friends are everything and they're the mirror. Yeah. You know, they're the thing that you are um, – apparently at 14 you've got like a sense of identity that is yeah. created using your friends, you know. Um, yeah. So it was a change. I mean I went from super darling and conscientious here to completely rebellious in Zimbabwe and I'm sure that was the move that did that. But then again, I'm glad I went through that. I'm glad I had the that rebellious stage because it's part of what shaped me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Everything brings you to where you are now. Exactly. It? Yeah. It's all part of the journey. It's just some of it's easier than others. So talk to me about Zimbabwe. What was your first impression? My first impression was I was super, like, concerned because they didn't even have rotating baggage carousels at the airport. <laughs> okay, That's these, a good memory. Yeah. <laughs> they had these, um, like, big wooden slats where every bag was and you just had to look through it for yours. Right. And when they were putting your bags on the aeroplane um, – because I think we had to swap planes or whatever, but um, they used to ch- um, mark, you'd have to go to your bag, point to it, and then they'd mark it with chalk so they knew that it belonged to someone. Wow. You know, it was very kind of that way. And I remember that coming from Melbourne was a big shock. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But Zimbabwe's, it was amazing. I mean, like, I have some really good memories from there. You know? And so you went straight into high school? Like yes, there. I did. Yeah. And what about in terms of friendships? Um, I made some fantastic friends there as well. Um, but, yeah. I mean, uh, for me, it's kind of unimaginable walking into school at the age of 14 and not knowing anyone. It was pretty hard. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I do remember that quite clearly. I actually made a list of like all the things that I wanted to be because I thought, well, I've got a, gla- I've got a blank slate. I yeah. can be anything. Yeah. And that was... Um, oh, that's very self-aware, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I suppose so. Like it's funny when you look back at yourself. Yeah. Um, so I made a list of things and then I kind of became it. Much yeah. to my parents' horror. <laughs> so tell me how rebellious were you really? Very. Like, um, no, I was a darling. Of course yeah. I was a darling. But like, um, I don't know, the normal stuff, like yeah. sneaking out of the house and um, to meet up with boys and that yeah. stuff. Nothing. Smoking? Yeah, smoking, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those sorts of things. Drinking, all the bad things. Okay, and so how long were you in Zimbabwe? Um, I was there till I was almost 18 and then I went to Cape Town for a year to do um, an advertising course, like a copywriting course. And then my parents moved back to Australia um, because, because Zimbabwe became very turbulent and um, I came back with them. Mm-hmm. And then soon after that, I moved to Zimbabwe. I mean, not to Zimbabwe, sorry. I, I, soon after that, I moved to New York. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so I was there for three years and then I was in Perth doing my um, degree because yeah. I did an English degree. 
And then I went over to London for quite a while. Yeah. So very often when I speak to writers, they talk about growing up being great readers. Yeah. Um, and they were readers because of circumstances in their life. And then they weren't necessarily traumas or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. It's like, say, some of them were, grew up in regional or rural areas and didn't have access to friends on the weekend. So yeah. they took to reading. And so reading was a solace for a lot of authors that I've spoken to, reading came from a place where they needed that to fill... A in, sense of connection. Yeah, and to fill whatever void was missing in yes. life. And it, as I said, it wasn't necessarily negative, it was just the way it was. Yeah. So do you think that's what it was for you? Are you a great reader or I were you? I am a great reader. Um, I was always a huge reader as a child. Yeah. And then once I got to like my mid-teens, I did lose interest a little bit. I was yeah. far too interested in boys. Yeah. Um, and then I was far too interested in movies because um, I really love films and yeah. um, a lot of my storytelling. Movies make sense, yeah. though, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, and also my um, storytelling is quite filmic and I think it's because I have such a fascination with films, you know. Yeah. Um, but for me, I find reading and writing are both a way of um, creating a sense of connection, you know. Yeah. Um, you can be traveling a lot, like I've had to travel a lot doing research for these um for the strangers we know, and also the third one that I'm working on now, and reading uh, reading books is a really good way to get that sense of connection when you're by yourself. Of course, you know? also yeah. writing it because you can write the characters that you kind of wish were in your life because yeah. they're yeah. crazy. <laughs> okay, I want to come back to when you start writing, but firstly, I want to find out what are some of your favourite films. Um, I'd say With Nail and I, anything by Tarantino. I absolutely yeah. love Tarantino. Yeah. Um, I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I saw quite recently. Um, I love the fact that um, the Sharon Tate was played by an, an Australian. I love that too. What's her name? Um, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Yeah, she Isn't did a she great job. Extraordinary. Yeah. She's like something like 27, 28. I know. I don't even know how people can pull that stuff together. She's oh, amazing. She's clever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Super good. Um, I'm thinking about my favourite Badlands with Badlands. Um, yeah. Have I, you seen that I with City Spacek of Martin Sheen? I think that might be my favourite movie of all time. Oh my goodness! Now I have yeah. to watch. Yeah, yeah. Terence Malick. Yeah. I did like um, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh well, I love that book. Yeah, I, I love the book the, too. I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, so you're a bit younger than me. But anyway, they're they're this. I feel that film for me works really well too in terms yeah, of storytelling. Totally. Yeah. And I think that often when you're writing a novel, you can think about um, where things might happen in a movie and then use that um, to gauge where they could happen in a book. You know? Right. Well, that's how I do it. So. That's how you do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So you've been a voracious reader for a time and you stopped yeah. when you were a teenager um, and I'm sure a lot of people did. Yeah. Um, and when did the writing come to you or has that been part of your um, life that it was just always there? Look, I've always written in one mm. way or another and even... Journals as well? Yeah, loads of journals. Like literally I write 80,000 word journals every year. Like right, I don't wow. do it on purpose. It's just um, I read this book a long time ago called The Artist's Way Yeah, and um, she talks about morning pages where you wake up and you write three pages of stream of conscious which I um I got into the habit of doing and I don't still do three pages but I do write quite often um so that probably helped it come more fluidly to me and because it's all about practice isn't it I really think it is about practice it's about craft and practice and just sitting down and doing the job you know yeah and every time you finish a novel you have a better understanding of what it takes to write one and how 
much has to go into it and, and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And so was The Sunday Girl your first attempt or had yes. you tried? Um, that was my first attempt at a full novel. Right. I had attempted to write a novel a couple of times before that but I always stopped at around 15,000 words because at that point... Writer's block? Well, <laughs> no, at that point I was always like I usually went in with no plan. Okay? Yeah. No idea about even anything about it and... At that point, I'd usually find something really weird had happened, like my heroine was running through a field screaming or something. And I was like, do you not know why she is there? What's going on? But I feel this is not going in a good direction. And then I'd stop. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah. So um, with The Sunday Girl, it was the first time I actually had some semblance of an idea, because like a plan, because I kind of knew what I wanted, how I wanted it to start, what I wanted to happen right in the middle and what I wanted to happen at the end. Yeah. And I really feel for me, while a lot of it is trial and error while I'm getting to those points, yeah. having those solid bookmarks in it helped me um, help me do it. You know? yeah. Don't get me wrong, there was a lot of rewriting. Oh, you for know? sure. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's part of the process. Oh, my goodness. Know? And it's actually a really fun part because mm. the hardest part is getting down a story so then you can figure out what's not working and how you can fix it. You know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I always say, and I say this often, but, you know, the I feel when I'm reading where a book comes to life for me or yeah. is believable or I'm enjoying it is where the writing is crafted really well but yeah. the story is quite strong. Yeah. And so when those two meld, that's yeah. when I think you have great, you know, a great book. Completely agree. Because sometimes you ha might have one or the other and it doesn't quite work. Yeah. Did you study writing at all? Well, look, I did. I mean, I went to uni and I did an English degree and of a lot of my yeah. classes were either creative writing, although I tended to do um, short stories or poems. Yeah. Um, mainly because I had, uh, it was just something that I'd always sort of done. So it seemed, sounds very bad, but it seemed like an easy option. Right? Yeah. And I liked it. I didn't yeah. want to be doing something I didn't like. And then I also, ironically, did a lot of French and film history. So I did a lot of reading film, a lot of, um, a lot of film studies classes. And so I think those two things are what meld together in my work to make it how it is. I mean, if I'd if I was a different person, I'd probably write different books. Yeah, right? without a doubt. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I often say this, you know, because um, yeah. people um, can get very uh, protective about ideas in fiction. Yeah. But I think if I said to you, can you write a book about coming into better reading? And I said that to three author different authors. You're going to three completely different books. You? Oh, Absolutely. my goodness. Absolutely. You are. Yeah. yeah. Because it's really not just about plot. Oh, my goodness, no. And also the thing is you can have a core idea but the way someone interprets that and plots it out yeah. is very, very different. Even if you were to have the same beginning, middle and end, you would have three completely different books. Because it's different people. Yeah. Yeah. You've got different voices. And so different tell attitudes. me how um, The Sunday Girl came to be published. Well, I um, actually... Because writing was, is one thing, publishing is another, yeah, getting published is another. I was just really lucky. Like um, I feel like all the stars lined up for me. I feel like they somewhere along the line they lined up and they've just stayed lined up and I'm really lucky. Like um, I wrote it. I sent it off. How to long a, did it take to write? Um, the first draft took about six or seven months. Oh, right, and not then, long. But then I did a big rewrite, um, yeah. and then which took another couple. And then I sent it out to a lot of agents over in the US. I mean, in the UK, and I got a couple, a couple of form no's and a couple of very encouraging no's with feedback. So then I implemented that. Um, 
into the book. And then early in 2017, right, I um, posted something on Instagram saying I'm going to wake up early and write um, every morning um, this year, which I already did, but I was going to wake up even earlier. For some reason, I'd got in my head I had to do it at 5 a.m. Yeah. Were um, you working? Um, not at that point. At that right. point, I was, was writing. Oh, I was. I was teaching Pilates. Oh, okay. So I was working. Yeah. Um, but so I posted this photograph to Instagram and a girl that I knew very um, – I'd met her once um, about – oh, twice, sorry. I don't know, seven years before I think approximately. She saw it and she said, can I read your first chapter? Um, so I sent it through to her because I knew her and she loved it and she said, can I send it to my friend? She works um, at a publishing house. So I thought, well, why not? So yeah. I said, yeah, sure. Um, and then I she passed it. That was Sheila, and she passed it on to um, Alyssa Bailey. No, a different. She passed it on to the MD. Ah, oh, um, right. Dan Rafina. Yes. yes. And then Dan read it and came back to me saying, I really have no doubt you can do this, but it needs work. Um, yeah. So I did the work. Yep. And then they read it again and offered me a two book deal. So I was really lucky. Yeah, it was great. That's fantastic, and, isn't it? The power of social media, right? Well, I was shocked. I mean, like, it was a very strange way to get an in, but, and I'm really lucky. Like, my publisher's been great. Yeah. They've been really supportive and great. Yeah, so. they're great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, does it feel real? Do you feel, how do you feel about, I mean, because, you know, I mean, there's so many great books over, out there, you know, yeah. so many good books from, you know, Australian writers. Yeah. Uh, but they don't make the charts, you know, yeah. for whatever reason it it doesn't resonate with an audience to the extent that yours has, your yes. first book. Yeah. Um, how did that feel? It felt wonderful. Yeah. Like it was also kind of stressful, like, you know, because you um, especially... You have to back it up. Well, yeah, and then you have to write another one and you want it to be just as good and it's... Um, I think it's a funny mix because on one hand you're happier than you could possibly be about it and on yeah. the other hand you're anxious as hell because you want to do a great job. It's this, um, it's an interesting mix and I... Um hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Like I said, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Like, you know, I would never choose to do something else and I love it with everything I am, but I'd be lying to you if I said, oh, it's all wonderful all the yeah. time. It's scary. Oh. But I think in order to oh, write look, anything I've, is scary. Oh, I've met 
um, writers way more experienced than yourself yeah. and they're up to their 20th book. Yeah. And every one of them, I probably shouldn't tell you no, this. No, but everyone, they're scared. Yeah, yeah, every single one of them, you know, and even yeah. if they're sitting down to write their 20th book, yeah. they still have the feeling of doubt, can yeah. I do this, you know, yeah. and it's as hard to write that book as it was the first. Oh, I have no doubt. Yeah. You know, there's a thing called second book syndrome, which Mm -hmm. is just like the paralyzing terror that comes after your first one does well. Um, And so I'm hoping there's not such a thing as third book syndrome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because like literally I can't keep doing this shit. Um, Well, there is, um, there's third book something and there's fourth book something. There's really like every book something. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. Can't bear it. And are you working full, are you writing full time I'm writing full time now, yes. Yeah. Well, that's a great place to be, isn't it? Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Talk to me about how writing compares to say acting and, and because you've, Yes. You did that for yeah. a while, didn't you? Yeah. Um, in what way, how does it compare? Well, it, it, for somebody like you who is a natural-born storyteller, did yeah. you feel that acting gave you that as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because you're essentially getting into someone else's head and there and imagining what their prior experiences might be if they're not told to you Yeah. and creating a character and then coming from that position and coming – um, at it from a place of empathy because you can't really play a character if you don't like them or yeah. even if you kind of hate them because it's supposedly you and people hate themselves sometimes. Yeah. There needs to be a real intimacy with the character, you know, and I think that that has translated to the way that I write because I always – my preference is always to do um, first-person narrative because it's the same thing. I'm getting into the head of them you know, and I might have experienced a couple of the things, but it's not, I haven't experienced that exact story, you know, um, or those exact people. So you're imagining, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that acting taught me how to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, that's really explained very well and it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, If you had it all, well, if you had choices, would you choose acting over writing or writing over acting Um, or... God, I don't know. I think I, I think I am a more. I think writing so, suits my personality more. Yeah. Only because, as much as I love coming to chat to you, and yeah. I can be all extroverted for a couple of hours at a time, I really like being able to be quiet and in my pajamas, working in my bed. You yeah. know. Um. I think the pressure involved in looking amazing twenty four seven, um, and turning up to do something in the public sphere the whole time would be quite hard, you know, to do that full time as your job. Um, Whereas writing, it's wonderful when you get to do it, but a lot of it is insular and I I quite like that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of writers I think are very, uh, are loners and that makes sense to me, absolutely. Because they're not only loners in a physical kind of environment, but they're also, even when they're in a group, they're in their heads in a way, aren't they? exactly. Uh, Do you approach writing as a discipline at home? Like are you like a nine-to-fiver? No. No. Very, I tried that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It did not work out well. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's just say that. Yeah. Like I, um... I tend to wake up in the morning, um, not now because I'm on tour, but every other day of the year, I will wake up early, put on coffee and I'll sit and I will do work for a couple of hours. Um, And then I will decide that I have no idea what comes next. So I'll go and do something else and then I'll have an idea and I'll come back and I'll do some more and then I'll go away and I'll come back and do more. So it's very um, on and off um, the entire day. But I do, I mean, I work long 
hours and somehow the books get done. So I must do a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. But I definitely don't sit there banging my head on my desk yeah. nine till five because it, when I do that, what I write is not fun. Yeah. You know, because I'm not having fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. This, it, it, it's so different from For one, different people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some people need that discipline and other yeah. people don't. Now, you've moved around a lot and now yeah. you're in Australia. Do you talk to me about sense of place and yeah. belonging? How do you feel about that? I feel like I'm always somehow a foreigner. Like, mm. and it's not by choice. Mm. Like, um, I had someone post something on Instagram the other day, posting about Australian authors and saying, I'm claiming Pip Drysdale, even though um, I know she wasn't born here. I'm like, of course you need to claim me. Like, I put that on her wall because I am Australian. Of course you, know? you are. Yeah. Um, so there is that. And by the same token, a lot of my books are based in other places. So if I hadn't lived in those places extensively, I wouldn't be able to do that. Well, I I mean, I'm sure other people can. I wouldn't be able to. I need to live somewhere, experience it, know what goes on there um, in order to be able to give it a sense of reality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, keep up the good work because um, the readers are loving it. Oh, thanks so much. Thank you so much for coming in to speak with us today. No problem. Thank you. If you'd like more information about Better Reading, follow us on Facebook or visit betterreading.com.au. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Belinda Audio. Belinda Audiobooks are available on CD and MP3 from online booksellers and bookshops everywhere, or you can download from Audible, Google Play or the iBook Store. We've also created our own app called BorrowBox that's available from both the App Store and Google Play. All you need to do to get it working is to download the app, join your local public library, and you'll gain access to the world's best collection of e-books and e-audiobooks available for you to loan on your phone or your personal device. Belinda, we're here to enable you to escape, imagine, grow, and be inspired through the power of storytelling. Belinda Audiobooks. Anywhere. Everywhere. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review and check out the other podcasts on the Better Reading Network.